Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. We are very excited to introduce you to someone that we have loved getting to know these past probably, what, four years maybe now, who is, I think we would both say, one of the smartest people we know. And we realized before looking at his bio, one of the most accomplished people we know. Eric Goss is CEO and co-founder of Minnow, a media and technology company focused on serving Christian kids and families through an ad-free subscription, video-on-demand platform, parent resource, blog, and children's book publishing program, anchored by the best-selling Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids. Eric earned a reputation as an innovator in digital marketing at Amazon, and later as chief marketing officer at magazines.com. This expertise, coupled with his passion for ministry, led him to co-found Creative Trust Ventures, where he launched the best-selling video series, Buck Denver Asks, What's in the Bible? A success that led him to create Minnow. Beginning his career in the U.S. Navy, where he served as a helicopter pilot and later as a spokesperson at the Pentagon, Goss is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy and holds an MBA from the University of Michigan and an MA from Troy University. He is an adjunct professor for digital marketing at Vanderbilt University's Owen Graduate School of Management. Eric, his wife, and three daughters live here in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know what I've been doing with my life after I read your bio. (laughs) So Eric Goss, and we could say in the podcast world, you're kind of like our boss. (laughs) And a good boss. (laughs) A great boss. But really, I think we are so... Grateful for the impact you have had, not just in our community, but in our world in terms of what you're bringing out for kids and families and the way that you are bringing hope and the gospel in really relevant ways to kids and families. And we're very excited for you to talk about that. And also, you know incredibly more about technology than we do. I teach a parenting seminar on technology, and one of my panicky things is always Q&A, because I think I say everything I know in the presentation, and I don't know anything else. So if anyone has a question, I think I have no clue. So now I'm just going to bring you with me. But we are very excited for you to talk about 
the new year, new practices, things parents can be focused on and thinking about. And I don't know if you want to say any more about yourself before we jump in. No, you guys have been very kind. (laughs) God has given me a lot of great experiences, which have all really kind of culminated in this role. And so it's interesting the number of different experiences I've had. My wife says I look good on paper. Everybody's resume is an edited view of their life. And so there's been some real challenges, too, and God's used those to really help me understand who He is. And that informs so much of what we do with Minnow. Minnow is actually based on the Greek word meno, M-E-N-O, which some people may be familiar with John 15, where Jesus says, if you abide in me and I abide in you. And that Greek word meno is the word for abide. And so the whole purpose, really, of Minnow is what can we do to create a platform that gives parents and kids the opportunity to understand the great gift that we can have when we abide in Jesus Christ. Mm. Our mission as a company is how can we help people experience the goodness of God? As a Western Christian culture within the church, we really have a perspective of what can we do to know God, and that know tends to be very head knowledge, like what can we do to know facts? And one of the reasons we are very deliberate about using the word experience is because from my own experience, I've grown up in primarily Presbyterian reform circles, which are awesome around theology and knowledge, but oftentimes there's a sense of not really experiencing God. And so, so much of what we're trying to do with Minnow is what can we do to bring the Bible to life? And how can people orient themselves in such a way to experience God in their everyday lives and recognize that He is with them in it? He's not distant, but He's very present. My experience is (laughs) He's always wanting me to engage Him. Mm. question is, will I pay attention and will I go to the Father versus trying to figure it out on my own? Which, Mm. you know, I'm very adept at. You know, I often find (laughs) that the more accomplished you are, the harder this stuff is, and depending on Christ, because, again, we have a culture that elevates self-sufficiency. And I see that in our kids, like our kids, they learn to be self-sufficient, even within the church. And for myself, the story of self-sufficiency and what does it mean to rely on God is a major theme in my life. I'm 52, and I'm just sort of figuring this stuff out. Could we create a platform where a seven or eight-year-old could get exposed to this and not have to go through the trials and tribulations I've had to figure that out and to learn that? I love that all of those experiences and what God's teaching you is brought into what Minnow is. And and you explained it beautifully from a big picture standpoint. Will you say practically, will you just tell them a little bit about what you all are doing and what you're offering? Yeah, so Minnow is really comprised of a couple of things. People who know Minnow know us from what's called a subscription video on demand app, which the easiest way to describe it's like Netflix for Christian kids. We've got smart TV applications as well as mobile application where parents and kids can stream shows that are designed for Christian kids to help them learn about Jesus and hear stories where God's real, where He's present. But we really look at Minnow's being much more than that because we really want Minnow to be a solution for Christian families with all kind of the challenges they're dealing with, with technology, media, and the pluralistic society that we live in, where some people live in parts of the U.S. where it's not pro-Christian or not even understanding. It's hostile to Christianity. I've lived in those cities. 
We've got a publishing unit. So we actually publish the Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids, which is the fastest selling children's Bible in the history of Christian publishing, which Amazing. is just wow. incredible. It's just yeah. such favor from the Lord. And then we've got a blog and just an online resource site called Minnow Life, where we've got folks who are writers who are contributing. We try to provide activities for kids, for parents, just to what does it mean for parents in their everyday life to actually share? Christ with their kids and orient. And we believe as much as we want to teach our kids, a lot of us as parents are still trying to figure a lot of this out for ourselves. I always say we want to be a catalyst for conversation. And a lot of parents have a desire to have spiritual conversations with their kids, but they don't really know where to start. I feel like for Minnow, what we're doing is we're creating an excuse for you to have the conversation mm-hmm. you really want to have with your kid. And those are really kind of the touch points. The other thing that we've launched during COVID is Minnow Church at Home. And one of the things we recognize, I've been an elder in a small church, and the area that always gets forgotten is, what are we doing for the kids? And just recognizing that and recognizing so many small to mid-sized churches were going to struggle to put together a great online experience for kids. I mean, we've spent millions of dollars in building our platform, and we're like, what could we do to adapt it to be a real resource, knowing that a lot of larger churches are going to have the resources to do a great experience for kids? But what could we do for families who are going to be at home and have something for their kids that they could either do together or their kids could do separately? And so Minnow Church at Home has been a real success. We've had over 300,000 people use it in over 143 countries around the world. Wow. Well, I can say I've watched it with my two-year-old nephew. We watched it on Easter, and it was wonderful. I mean, we had a blast, and he was so engaged with it. It was really fun. Awesome. So— Right now, at this point in the podcast, if you do not have a subscription, we're going to hit pause, and you need to make that happen right now, just listening to you talk about what you all are offering, and the reality being that weekly, daily, sometimes on the hour, we're sitting with parents who feel overwhelmed by this animal of technology and the fact that you all are making it so much easier to navigate life with this animal out of all of what you're creating and offering. We're just grateful. Yeah, thanks. A good example of kind of this is we have a small video series on the platform called 5-Minute Family Devotion, which was born out of my own experience having three girls who I was never very interesting when we tried to do a devotion. And when we talked to most parents, like doing a family devotion was like a four-letter word. Like it's like, oh, not devotions. Guilt and shame everywhere. I was like, man, we've got this great platform, these like teachable moments. Could we take these teachable moments? And then I would sit there, you know, with a prayer book and a Bible. And I was like jumbling. I was like, I've got an editor. (laughs) Why don't I just go talk to the editor to like do a little five-minute family devotion? And so, You know, dad comes home late from work. Mom's trying to get dinner ready for the kids. Mom's had a rough day. Dad's had a rough day. No one is thinking, how can we help our kids experience Jesus Christ? And so, you know, the question is, could we create something where you just press play that would then sort of allow children and parents to enter into a devotional experience so they could have the conversation that they desperately want to have, but really are looking kind of where to get started? It's great. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible? Written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer, the Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection 
to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gomeno.com. That's shop.gomeno.com. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater childcare needs in the summer and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny. And as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. What do you think are the three most important things for parents to remember in terms of technology? It's interesting because my first reaction to that question is I want to kind of legislate. I want to kind of like, these are the rules. What I've recognized, even in the life of my own children, is that each one of them deals with technology differently. A lot of how I look at this is informed by my experience as a CEO, which is I was working with an executive coach once, and I was like, I've got problems with my management team. You know, and he's like, well, you don't have problems with your management team. You have a problem with John. You have a problem with Denise. Mm-hmm. You have a problem with Ryan. So let's talk about those relationships. And I was like, wow, I'm the dad of three girls. Oh, I'm actually the dad of Elena and Greta and mm-hmm. Gabby. And I actually need to look at being a dad to each of them as a little different. Like, what's my relationship with? And so when I think about technology, I think it starts with my relationship with my girls. And sometimes we can get behind the eight ball and we feel like there's no place to kind of catch up. Sometimes there have been times my wife and I, we felt like technology's out of control. One of the things that this executive coach told me is you're always one conversation away from a new reality. 
And I've always taken that as I think about technology because it's it's really challenging. What does it mean for me to have a conversation that's not transactional with my kids, but transformational in how they view technology? And so the first is, I'd say, talk to your kids and how do they view technology? How do they think about it? How do they feel about it? What's interesting to me, me is my girls know when they're getting too much technology. They know it. They feel it. In some instances, they're wanting us to put more boundaries. How can you tell when they're wanting you to put more boundaries? Well, school, it's like I'm having a hard time focusing. Yes. And I'm recognizing it's because I'm playing, you know, too much Nintendo or I'm watching these videos and I'm recognizing I just need help. Mm. But it's having this dialogue and this conversation with them. As I say, we do family life side by side. But as parents, it's easy for us to neglect that we need to do face-to-face with our kids. So that's one of the things I've tried to be more intentional is what does it mean to be face-to-face with my girls? And the only way to do that's one at a time. (laughs) I can't do it as a group. So what does it mean for me to be face-to-face with my girls one at a time? That's when I hear I'm really struggling with being disciplined around homework. That's when I'm really struggling to engage. Or there's moodiness. Like you see moodiness. And what's interesting is like you talk to them, why do you think you're so moody? Like what's going on? Talk to me about that. They'll often say, I'm not getting enough time with people or that sort of thing. So they tend to be pretty self-aware. There's the irrationality of youth, but then there's also the wisdom of youth. And I find if I can get them one-on-one and talking with them, they're usually got a pretty good perspective on kind of what they need. And with the boundaries, what I've learned is, and again, a lot of this is based on my experience as a CEO, which is if I'm meeting with one of my executives and we're setting goals for their team, we want those to be mutual. We want to own those together. If I dictate what they are, that executive is not going to really own them in the way that they would. And if I don't partner with them and feel a sense of ownership over the goals that they have, I'm not going to come alongside them in the same way. And so as I'm talking to my girls about technology and boundaries, a lot of it is, what do you think is a good boundary for you? Like, what's important? And the hard part for us right now with technology is it used to be screen time meant playing a game or Mm -hmm. it meant watching a video. Mm -hmm. Screen time now is I'm doing my homework. I'm talking to my friends. You know, it's everything. When I was getting my MBA at Michigan, I actually took a computer science class. And the professor at that class said, we call them computers, but we should have called them communicators. Because he said, we do more about communication with this device than we do with computing. And what's interesting for me with my girls' relationship with technology is if we take away the screen, I'm oftentimes taking away their friends. And that's why I think it's really important to engage and have a dialogue with your kids. And I think we all need boundaries. Kids thrive with boundaries. And so I think it's important to do that. But like what I found is I want my kids to be great humans, not great kids. And so part of it is, what does it mean to teach them responsibility? One of the ways to teach them responsibility is engaging in these mutual conversations to set mutual expectations. Then when I say, hey, you've been on your phone four hours today, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, Dad. So I'd say kind of, you know, putting together those boundaries and talking through them. Well, as we're talking about the new year, rolling into a new year, what's kind of a reset button? What are some good new practices for parents around technology, new ways? You've said some great ways to think about it already. Yeah, well, I think the first is have a conversation with your children in regards to how they think about technology. A guy who's influenced me a lot on 
kind of a theology of technology is a guy by the name of Jacques Ellul. He's really hard to get through, but he's had a profound impact on kind of how I think about technology. And one of the things that Ellul says is technology is rooted in the idea of means, like it's technique. That technology is really, if you start thinking about it, it's a means to do something. And so when I talk to my girls about technology or talk about phone, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, what are you doing? I think having a conversation, just a practical conversation of what are the things you enjoy doing with your phone or you enjoy with your computer? How are you using technology? And how do you feel after you do those things? Great question. I love that. How do you feel after you do those things? Yes. And then with that also kind of what thoughts arise Mm, because mm -hmm. I think the hard part with social media or texting friends, there's a lot of comparison, contrast, and I've got three girls. And so that really messes with girls. And so as I talk to them, and I've got a 12, 14, and 16-year-old now. But my 12-year-old, it's interesting. She's like, Dad, I just took myself off the text because I recognize, you know, the stuff that was going on just made me feel bad. That's awesome. Uh, and so I think having that conversation. And then I actually think talking about boundaries. Like, what does it mean to have boundaries? And kind of the inverse of the technology is, what does it mean for us to have non-technology experiences as a family? And so we've done a couple of things as a family I think are really important of like, what does it mean for us to get out together as a family and experience nature? Or a lot of technology right now, screen time consuming content. What I've recognized with my girls, what's really been beneficial is to establish some habits about what does it mean for us to experience media together. So we have a pizza movie night on Friday nights. And there's one sense where it's kind of corny and silly, but it's gotten to a point where my girls are like, wait, aren't we doing pizza and movie nights? Mm. And I've got teenagers now, so you never know <laughs> how they're going to feel. So I think as a family thinking about, are there some ways where we can have shared experiences with video games or with media where we can talk about them as a family and share different points of view? And I like sharing films with my girls because it's a way to expose them to the world without them having to deal with it. I was relatively sheltered. That's a great statement, yeah. I was relatively sheltered as a kid. And when I went to the Naval Academy, I was hanging out with former enlisted guys who were going to college. Needless to say, their life experiences were very different than mine. And I was so scared because it was so foreign. And what I recognize, it's like movies are a way to help sort of expose my girls to some things that they wouldn't normally get exposed to, but actually in an environment of safety and contextualization. The other thing that I would say that's been really beneficial with technology is going back to that face-to-face conversation. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) 
I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I started taking my daughters out one at a time for breakfast on Saturday. I'm a type A driven kind of guy. Like my first thing is I'm just going to go get breakfast with my girls. Like I, like once it's on the last guy in the world you think is running a Christian children's media platform. <laughs> and so I started doing it. It was really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable when you're one-on-one with your child. It's dawned on me like, wow, I don't do this enough. Mm. Now they've gotten to a point where, you know, I try to get something weekly with each one of them face to face. That way we can talk on the technology stuff and what they're getting exposed to. And just I'm kind of in touch with who their friends are and what their lives are. And again, I feel like so many of the things we talk about with technology, the first thing we want to do is legislate because legislating is easy. The hardest thing to do is actually let's form a relationship and understand what's going on. Any problems with technology tend to be rooted in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the healthier the relationship, I find, the healthier the technology habits. Howard Hendricks is an old Dallas theological seminary prof, and he said this once, and boy, it just knocked me back, which he said, if you are having a problem disciplining your children, it is likely because you are not playing with them. That's amazing. And I thought that was really amazing. profound. So what I recognize is, like, if I've got discipline or behavior issues with my kids and they're not listening to me, it's likely rooted in the fact that I don't have the depth of relationship with them where they value how I feel Mm, about them. So, yeah, I love that. And thinking about those breakfasts with your girls leads us into the important topic of food. (laughs) (laughs) And when we travel and speak to parents, we spend a lot of time trying to find the best tacos in that city. So we'd love to... (laughs) end our interview by asking, what's your favorite taco? Yeah, so that question is super easy for me (laughs) because my wife and I met in San Diego and about a third of Mm. our dates were at Rubio Fish Tacos. They've changed the name, but Rubio Fish Tacos, we just love fish tacos. What's the name of it now? Do you know? I think it's like Fresh Mexican Grill. You know, they got away from the fish taco exclusive. (laughs) But yeah, whenever we go to San Diego, we go and get fish tacos from Rubio's. That's so fun. Love it. So, Eric, you came to one of my talks on technology, which was super intimidating to talk about technology in front of you, by the way. I think I was a nervous wreck the whole time. But I remember, I think during the break, you and I had a conversation, and you said, what do you think about letting your kids actually teach you about technology? Because my girls create apps. (laughs) And I thought, There are not a lot of parents I would talk to who would say, my kids create apps. It's a new point in my technology talk about how parents really can learn from their kids and be a student of their kids. And that creates even more connection around this idea of technology. So thank you for inspiring that. 
Yeah, well, I'm super excited that at Minnow, we've just started publishing life guides, and I call them kind of cliff notes for parenting. So specific topics, you can just grab it and kind of quickly look. I love the name of your book, Are My Kids On Track? It's mm-hmm. like, as a parent, I'm like, am I on track? Mm-hmm. And so we're publishing a technology life guide for Minnow, which is based on that talk. Because I remember listening to it and seeing your white paper and thinking, I want this at Minnow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're excited to have the privilege to actually bring that great sage advice to parents today. So we're looking really forward to that in the new year. Me too. Eric, thank you for being on here with us. And I love that so much about technology and you being this guy who is just steeped in education around that and experience from a work standpoint that it all went back to relationship mm-hmm. over and over I love that that's your heart, even in what you do with Minnow, and that we get to join alongside you. So thank you for that and for being a part of our time today. I love you guys. Well, you too. I'm so grateful. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.